Hello and welcome to episode 11 and the penultimate episode of the 20 Years of C327 podcast. A podcast that, although at times pointless, has stirred up some ace memories for you. Whether it's old bands or place names, some of the characters and venues along the way, or even just some shared memories you might have about a group of six friends that just wanted to hang out and play some rock shows together. It's been cool steering this ship over the last 11 episodes, and I'll be back for one final and slightly different episode in a fortnight. That's right, it's my turn. As always, I'm your host, Richard Trigg, and in today's episode, I'm chatting with Norwich promoter, Annie Catwoman. I say promoter, but Annie's so much more than that. She and the other Wombats became part of the C3 family, and us of theirs, I hope. Annie's always been behind the band, and if you've ever seen us in Norwich, there's a 99% chance it's thanks to her. We did do a marquee show once that wasn't to do with Annie, but that ended badly, and Johnny got barred and kicked out mid-set. So, apart from that one, you've got Annie and the Wombats to thank. It was great catching up with her and sharing stories, especially about Paul and Ninja Bong Jerry, who are sadly no longer with us. And our crappy band owes so much to them. So I guess I'm kind of dedicating this one to them. Can you can you dedicate a podcast? Mm. Well, I am. Remember, tickets are on sale now for the comeback show in December. Don't hang about. They are going quick. Get yours now by heading to seethrough27.com. So, in the words of Paul Wombat, time is never wasted when you're wasted all the time. So I'm off to get a beer. Enjoy Annie Catwoman on the 20 years of Seethrough 27 podcast. Annie, it's so good to finally get you on here. Thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. <laughs> Thank you very much for inviting me, Trig. It's a, a real treat. Yeah, it's good. It's, we've just been catching up beforehand, haven't we? And Indeed. it's just, it's so good. Time passes, and but the conversations always tend to stay the same, don't they? <laughs> still there, still chatting about the same old things. Exactly. Amazing. And catching up. It's been good. Mm. It's uh, really exciting that you're back. I think so. Um, yeah very grateful for having a sneaky preview oh yeah absolutely seven track ep mini lp whatever it's going to be called yeah. it's just sounding fantastic oh thank you yep. so much um we'll go on and talk about that i guess in a bit um but for our listeners that might not know who you are for our 10 listeners that might not know who you are give us a little bit of backstory about you annie and your passion for the local scene and wombat wombat and all of that and where your story started well i'll try to keep it fairly concise but that might be a problem yeah so wombat wombat started um because the wild club which was every monday night at norwich arts center from the late 80s onwards it was like a youth club with music right you'd go along every week whatever yeah. the bands were um, and that would be bands from away playing with local supports. And then yeah. Barry and um, Ollie, who were running that at the time, um, decided that, you know, um, unfortunately Barry became ill, Ollie continued for a while, and then it stopped because Ollie was doing um, a degree, um, didn't have time to do it. So there was no independently promoted exciting yeah. upcoming music um in the city so there were all of the in-house promoters doing stuff at the arts center at the waterfront and the uea and whatever else was around at that time yeah. mainly pubs i think at that point apart from those three yeah. um so me and a group of people that always used to go to the world club we decided that we wanted to start something similar to that. So essentially give local acts a chance to play alongside at least one out of town band yeah. who would either be the headliner or the main support um, and you know just try and create a bit of a music scene. And Halback yeah. Hum started in the November and then Wombat Wombat kicked off in the December, but we had um, what year was that then? That was uh, 2000. Okay. So we started off doing gigs once a fortnight at the ferry boat. Yeah, that's it. Um, I remember that. In King Street. Yeah. 
which was a pub and it had a great back room in the boathouse. Yeah. Um, we used to have, there was no PA there. So Owen who Owen Turner, who is in Magoo and yeah. runs Sickroom Studios at Pentney. Yeah. Um, he came and did our engineering for us, brought PA with him and that's how we started. And it was busy once a fortnight. And then we did a showcase one evening at Norwich Arts Centre. Yeah. And then that was the end of 2001. And then we started doing alternate gigs. So we'd do once a month at the ferry boat, once a month at the Arts Centre. Yeah. And there were so many exciting local bands around when i say local not restricting it to norwich or north yeah. it was sort of taking in suffolk bands and cambridgeshire as well yeah and just you know bringing in interesting mainly sort of independent bands that wouldn't necessarily be signed but some of them yeah. would be and it was just about creating a community really that people hopefully bands that people wanted to come and see and they'd get to see somebody else that would be maybe a bit of crossover in their yeah. music so it wouldn't necessarily be one night of punk music it would be one night of a punk band and a post-punk band and then perhaps something else yeah. like a bit of shoegaze or hip-hop rap rock yeah well so i was looking up on the, like uh the, our, one of the first instagram posts we did was an old gigography type thing mm-hmm. that we found and that had the the date of our first show that we did with you which was in 2002 just, march just oh just look at my dates it march? 15th of march there 2002 and who was that with that was with jet plane landing and miss black america right yep and also a band, a band from derby called terashima oh amazing um but yeah that was jet plane landing's first norwich gig miss black america um which is uh, well fronted by Seymour Quigley. Who That's right. Yeah, runs washing machine. So if anybody wants a gig in the Barry St Edmunds area, talk to yeah. Seymour. He's great. He so is, yeah. yeah, so you opened that gig, That's and that right. was. I seem to remember that was very exciting. We were excited because I remember that. I remember you'll be able to tell me in a minute about how we were on that show, but I remember we were super excited because you'd had. I think it was like the month before you'd had like Biffy Clyro, you'd done a show with Biffy. So we were we were pretty pumped by the idea of, you know, doing a show for a promoter, an actual promoter, where we didn't have to, well, that was being promoted for one mm-hmm. and that we didn't have to fork out of our own pockets to go and play was a kind of a big deal. And then the fact that you're kind of working, it seemed to be with sort of bands that were you know, making waves in the industry was, mm-hmm. was super exciting for a little old band from from Lowestoft at the time. What was it about... Because we were pretty different to the rest of the kind of your standard Wombat Wombat kind of bands. What mm. was it about Seafrew that... Well, it was always, if I liked them, they yeah. got to play. Right. That simple. <laughs> wow. <that's laughs> but, yeah, so Reese initially started off doing the band bookings yeah. and I was doing PR. Yeah. Um... And then I took over the band bookings after six months. But we always had um, demo listening parties. Okay. So mainly Reese and I. Yeah. Sometimes Ben Wombat as well. Um, yeah. And then the other guys were more involved in doing stuff on the night. Yeah. So I remember sitting in my front room with Reese, going through this bag of demos and the artwork from the C327 uh, CD just jumped out at me. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was somebody wear it. It was a kind of maybe a bluey green background and it had somebody that was looked a little bit like a robot, but it wasn't a robot, traditional kind of robot. <sighs> somebody that was wearing some kind of breathing helmet or it looked like some kind of diving right. thing. Right, oh, okay. I'd, I, uh, yeah, I you, think it was just can... something that maybe Adam had put together ah. to send out. I don't think anyone... I, I think he used it on a, for a gig as well, like a gig poster. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it other than on a poster. But yeah, I think okay. he just put some CDs together with 
with that on it. So right. Good workout. So that leapt out immediately, right. then put the CD on, and both of us were like, oh my God, this is really good. This is exciting. This is this weird mashup yeah. that is intense and the the music's great the lyrics are great gotta put them on there was no no question so it's all about one but one but was always about being passionate about the bands that you work with and you know paying them as well yeah that was very important yeah and then once you've played one gig providing everything goes well we then work together again yeah. and we help build the momentum. Yeah. Um, so there were the other things apart from the regular gigs that we might talk about later, but, yeah. you know, outside events that we got involved with. Yeah, that's all right, yeah. Um, so it was all about building a scene, really. Yeah. Or trying to help build a scene. It was an exciting time in Norwich around then, oh, I think, anyhow. It was. Yeah. Yes, and the other thing was about not putting bands on too often. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. giving them a fair crack, but nobody wants to see a well. In my opinion, nobody wants to see a band playing the same set. I agree. Week after week. Yeah, and we were conscious of of doing that. I think I can't remember the next time we played, but I think the next time we played was the Art Centre. I'm pretty sure it was actually. Go on. I'm going to tell you the exact date now because I'm such a girly swap. It was. 27th of July 2003 right. at Wombat Wombat's Waterloo Park Walkabout was it? 2. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. So that was in Waterloo Park in yeah. Norwich, which is a beautiful park with a bandstand surrounded by a moat. Yeah. Um, and we just wanted to take the gig out to the people. Yeah. So we hired the park from the council. Yeah. Um, got uh an outside pa company come in um and leafleted all of the houses in the area saying this is happening it's free entry um come along so we gave them plenty of notice and we always put on a a variety of music so hopefully there was something for everybody and the idea was that they were bands that had played wombat wombat or were going to play wombat wombat to give more people heads up about what was going on and we had a good relationship with the local press, so we always got coverage in the, the going out stuff. Yeah. So that was really helpful. So we'd have sort of 500 people at Waterloo Park. Uh, there was only one year in the eight years we did it when there was a bit of rain. Okay. And then, you know, we, we gave the bands food and drink and they got a chance to play. Yeah. And they were just great days out. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it well, actually. So you were the main support. Oh, okay. That day. There was Stuffy in the Fuses, who was away, from from away. Yeah. Uh, Parney, who were um, a local kind of uh, high school age band. Rockastella, which oh, yeah. featured Cherie from Violet yeah. Violet. We did lots of gigs we with them. stuff yeah. with them. Um, Click, which was um, a really kind of laid back, um, old folky kind of thing. Right. Um, Ruby Flipper. um L Sub, which is one of Shane from Halbert Hums Band, yeah. and compared by Isle 16, so that would have been Luke Wright, um, who's now a very well-known performance poet, okay. and um, Yanni Mack, who lives near here. Okay. Yeah, so that was a lovely day out in the yeah. sun. I seem to remember it being being sunny, yeah. Um, but you guys were, you always, like you said earlier, you kind of always treated us really wonderfully and for us I think it became like the promoter standard mm-hmm. so like every time we did a show it was always judged against that so like I mean we've never asked for much other than a beer and, and a shower probably but do you know what I mean it became this kind of standard that all other shows were judged and it did feel like a community and a family to be part mm-hmm. of that kind of wombat wombat thing Excellent. and which I guess is what you you said like you were kind of trying to create and go with but um it felt homely to come and play uh-huh. a wombat show. Um, you know, it was it, it was familiar yeah. to go to, to do a wombat show. It was it, there was going to be no surprises. Um, yeah, I mean, it was all about creating trust between yeah. us and making the bands want to come back and play for us again. Absolutely, yeah. And making sure they had a good time and yeah. Do you have a favourite see-through show that we did for you that you can remember? Well, there was that 
that first headline show you did at the Arts Centre. Okay, go Which on. was on the 2nd of July, 2004. Wow. So again, I was 16 compares. There was um, a band called Eleven, which has got a guy called Phil Critton in, um, really very good local musician. Right. I'm quite sure what he's up to now. And there was a band from Oxford called Science Never Sleeps. Um, but oh, it's so difficult to to pick a gig um the last time you played for us was 26th of april 2013 that was only one of three dates i think wasn't it yeah we did yeah we did four in the end okay. but yeah that yeah but there yeah there was there was three initially but yeah we did four yeah and um violet violet also on that bill doing yeah. their only reunion show yeah and a brilliant band from London called Arrows of Love. And yeah, they were. Really. The chick with green hair. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That, in terms... I mean, every every gig I've seen you at has been really intense. And no word of a lie, I was listening to some stuff this morning through headphones. Yeah. Had um, that fantastic excitement, that churning in my stomach and that, that feeling of just being electrified and just into it and it's like this whole see-through shows this tunnel vision thing of everybody oh, wow. being in the moment and yeah. going for it and it was like that in in the um hall at the art center yeah it was you know, really they were some good pounding. shows then in 2013 shows yeah I think really good. I mean, um, how did Johnny manage to wear a puffer jacket on stage? Oh, I don't no know. No sleeves, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Who knows what Johnny wears? <laughs> He's always been known for wearing something. Like the the chap in the last episode with with Darren, he was Darren was saying that one of the weirdest things was when he heard rapping. He thought this is very weird in a rock venue. He went through and there's a guy wearing a blazer. So, <laughs> so Johnny, Johnny's thing, I guess, like yeah. yeah, body puffer, body warmer, whatever. But um, those 2013 shows, um, they always come up in all of the podcasts, really. It's probably our favourite shows to date. Mm-hmm. And I think we were surprised by not only the reaction, but the, the, the turnout. Like, we didn't, partic- uh, we didn't particularly try... Well, no, we weren't particularly worried about what the turnout was going to be mm-hmm. for once. And the turnout, all of the shows, was probably our best turnouts we've ever done. But... And hopefully December, the show in December will be the same. But what what is it about the band you think that stood that test of time? Why do people still care? Well, I still care because it's it's still exciting. It's right. it's great. It is a bunch of mates yeah. on stage playing their instruments properly. <laughs> should be after all this time yeah it should be yeah. and Johnny just there just yeah no I'm not going to say exposing himself because that's not right but you know what I mean yeah he's, uh, he's got his heart in his sleeve and slightly you know, vulnerable sometimes yeah but you know it's all genuine yeah and this is it it's the whole thing it's you know it's an event in itself a see through show wherever you are on the bill yeah. it's just this juggernaut of everybody being passionate about what they're doing and yeah. doing their damnedest to just make everybody enjoy it and yeah. having the time of your lives. Yeah, that's important, I think, isn't it? Definitely. And it. every time I've seen you, it's been like that. It's just been one kind of coercive... Coercive, don't mean that at all. One. It's been a coherent yeah. one. You know, it's just... Yeah. A, it's brand. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's everything you want from a, a live show. It's exciting, it's intense, it's life-affirming. Swoosh time, podcast time, see-through style. Some of the new stuff or that I've listened to, I'm thinking, oh, that must be about this. Mm. I don't know. No, exactly, But it could yeah. be, and I, I do know a bit about Johnny's background yeah and I know that he writes the lyrics yeah. so I can see how something might refer to a yeah, particular yeah. time in his life but I don't know whether it does or not yeah yeah but it's really interesting because 
this is it these are lyrics that are about serious things yeah yeah and it's great that somebody's going out there and and delivering it in such a way that you know, you can, you can interpret it in a way you like, but it is so much better than some namby pamby "I love you, baby" yeah. kind of yeah, wet, nasty singer songwriter type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although there's there's a place for that, of course. Absolutely. But, yeah. You know, I'd rather have music and lyrics because I re- I I'm into both. I'm into yeah, music yeah. and lyrics, and I always want the whole package to speak to me i like light and shade yeah in music and lyrics and that's why i think i like so many of the bands that i do these are people that have different things happening and it but it just works together yeah absolutely it's it's great um personal stories are good yeah i think i think you can um you can put some conviction behind him, can't you, as well? Definitely. And I think he's done that. And we did work really hard on those lyrics and on the demos and then in the studio um, about getting that across in the right way. And there's one track on the on the new record called Put It There, which is probably the most quintessential, I use that word way too much, uh, see-through song on the record. Like, if you, uh, people I've played it to go, oh, there, there, there it is, there's the see-through. Um, um, but Johnny actually... A lot of it's about his nephew. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite obvious what it's about, but he, we did it all and it was tracked and it was great. And then Johnny came out and said, I just don't deliver that, that first line. In the f-. So we had to go back to the studio to re-record the first part of the song. Mm-hmm. And any normal person probably, even me included, was just like, mate, it's, it's fine, you know. He was adamant that he had to go and redo this, this the I don't even know what it was. It was a tone thing. So subtle. Mm-hmm. It was adamant it had to be done to give the correct meaning to the to what he was saying. So back we went and did it. But um and I think, you know, them small subtle nuances that you put in for him to make sure that it's expressed in the right way. If people like yourself get that and feel and hear that, then they're worth doing. And, you know, nowadays mm. in a world where everything's recorded in a box, you know, and people are just, you, any band can just kind of go and do something and it sounds amazing pretty quickly because you can use easy drum roll, whatever it might be, which all have their place and all great, but like you kind of do, and everything's to click and everything's quantized and you kind of do lose some of those moments sometimes, I think, mm. just how a word is expressed or delivered. And we've all, I guess, because of our age, and just when we started making music in in, in the nineties, we're kind of conscious of that a little bit more. Maybe I don't mm-hmm. know, but I think it comes across in in the deli- you know in his delivery and getting them the vulnerability where it needs to be and the positivity where it needs to be. And yeah, hopefully people will be able to hear it. Um, in I'm it. sure. Yes, I'm very excited for the release. Yeah, me too. Podcasting, see through 27, a little bit like casting when you're birding, but with less bacon and less fish hooks. One of the questions I've, I ask people on this is their funniest see-through story, but when I started prepping these notes for our chat, um, I started thinking about my funniest anecdotes. Well, I, I quickly realised that they all involve one of the Wombat, Wombat Collective at some point. <laughs> Um, so rather than ask you that I was just going to mention it because um, I remember one time we we went over to Paul's and he was like we go have a chat about this show we went over there and there was clipboards there definitely was clipboards for at least a minute and then within half an hour we were drunk driving a JCB taking it in turns to dig up his garden and then it was just like forget we don't know, why are we even here like forget the music you know and that was a that was a it's a great story and it goes a lot further than that but it was generally digging up stuff taking in turns to dig stuff up with JCB the clipboards had gone and I don't know what show it was about it was gone and then I wonder if it's about the exit no, I see I thought about that but I don't think it was about that because I remember it was, yeah, it was a different, because I've got another story about that where, you know, but we can't talk about that because Adam had a funny turn and um, 
So that was the exit thing. So I'm not sure what this was about, but I remember there was clipboards and we all went over there and then Paul was like, oh, I've brought a digger in his way. <laughs> a digger? Let's have a go on the digger. Absolutely. And then he was like, I'll get some beers and then we'll have a go on the digger. Yeah, beers first, then the digger. Then the digger, yeah. And then, so that was a good one. But my, my favourite, um, one about collective story, was in Serbia. And it was one morning, um, I'd got up late and... So I go and find some people in the hotel. So we're in Novosad, and I, I'm walking about this hotel, and there was no one in the entire hotel. I was like, this is a bit weird. Went and knocked on people's rooms. No one. Was, was everyone gone? You know, and it was pre. It's nowhere you'd be mobile phoning people. Um, and I was walking about, and it was really odd. And I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. It was ghostly, and it was off this weird kind of hotel from hundreds of years ago, and. I went on one of the floors and I could smell pot. <laughs> so I was sniffing around. I was like, this is a bit weird. So I'm sniffing around. And I got to this door. And, uh, and I was like, it's coming from this door. And I, I tried to listen and I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and I was like, I just man up, Trig. Just man up. So I manned up. Knocked on the door. No answer. Knocked on the door again. The door opened a tiny bit. And it was Big Steve. Grabbed me. <laughs> pulled me into this smoke-filled room. Shut the door. Then put all this padding back up against back up the door, and every single person was in there. Everyone from the touring party was in there. Everyone was dribbling, and they were all talking about Elton John. Oh my God! True story. Jerry was there saying about something about Elton John in the seventies, and it was just full of smoke. And that's where everyone was. And the story then came out. Apparently, you know, they started off. There was two of them to start off with, and then one of Seifer had gone out and smelt the pot and knocked on the door, and then gone in, and then the more smoke, and then another person Seifer had gone out finding people, and then found this room and knocked on the door, and it's like, oh god, this is getting ridiculous now. And I was the last one to go around and <laughs> inadvertently it was the you know knocked on this door, and, I was, and then everyone was then yeah. in this room. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, didn't go to any of the exit festivals yeah. where. One back, one back. Yeah. Was lucky enough to give some bands a chance to yeah. play, um, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're great. That's just memories. mad. I can, I can totally, yeah. I can see it now. I can see all of the guys just um, enjoying themselves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and I also remember the the tale of the the bus journey right from Norwich to pick you up and then oh, right, go yeah. to then the drive to Serbia which Paul and his brother Pete, Pete I think yeah, yeah, it was yeah. and the, the door kept the big side door That's kept right, open yeah, didn't yeah, it would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, so glad I didn't go on that trip we thought it was a joke we thought there's, there's after hanging out with Paul that we were like there's no way this cracker is coming to pick us yes. up in a, in a <laughs> yeah. bus. and it was at 10 at night and we'd, we were all bundled around mine and Lowestoft and we'd all been to this pub which was on the corner called The Blues and it was 99p a pint so we were oh. all tanked and we were like there's no way this is happening and then he turned up and we were like okay it is happening we got in this thing and off off we went and then <laughs> you know the rest is history but this that door you know he hit 60, 70 that yeah. door would come open like a, like a wing and the whole thing would <laughs> swerve and you just have his voice, you know, just shouting and just yes. us, just drunk, going, "This is—is is this real? Was this happening?" Um, but there were some incredible moments um, with how those many, guys on how that many trip. Days did it take to get to Novi Sad? Oh, I don't know, but we were gone for eleven. Right. Yeah. So the festival was about three days. Yeah. Wasn't it? God, so what, what an absolute treat. Yeah, I mean, they—they just—they didn't stop on the way there. They were like took it in turns driving and. We just drank until we couldn't drink, and it was so hot, and we couldn't, and we no one could sleep. And then we didn't know what where we were, we didn't know what country we were in, but felt that we were in safe hands, <laughs> somewhat. Um, Fantastic. But then, yeah, you know, we got we got there, and then obviously all these things happened. And I I remember uh, one of the funny moments was I when we f- we first got in there, first got in the hotel room, my now wife Gemma, who was there, mm-hmm. she. She had some hair straighteners or hair dryer. I can't remember what it was, but she plugged them in the fuse blue. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't worry, I've got my, my work box. I'll fix it. But I didn't have the right fuse. I was like, it'll be all right. It's probably just a fuse. I'll put a screw in it, just bridge the gap. She turned it on. Bang. All the lights in the hotel went out. Everything just went gung, 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 gung. 
<laughs> I panicked. I was like, oh my God, because we'd only just been there maybe an hour. Um, I, yeah, I proper panicked. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to go down. And at that point, there was a knock on the door. Uh, and our door, I was like, oh God, what's happened? I opened the door and it was Jerry. Uh-huh. And, and, he, and he goes, I think I've blown the electrics. I was buggering <laughs> around with the aerial on the telly. <laughs> yes. And I never told him. I was like, oh, Jerry, you better go down and... Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So he went down and I said, I think I've broken the uh, the electrics. I never told him, bless him. Um, so yeah, that, that that's a true story. And on the way there, I'm pretty sure that they went... Because they went like on a... They flew and then went on a train. I'm pretty sure they told Jerry you had to have a special pass. And they'd all made fake passes. And then he saw that and then hid for most... I think it was like an eight-hour train, right? And he hid for most of it, believing that... <laughs> Incredible. That, that sounds spot on. Exactly how it would have been. Exactly. But it just... I mean, it just goes to show like how integral to the story and our memories all you guys are and were. And, you know, how... And you you could... If you put all of us in the room, we'd all remember them moments. Mm-hmm. Um them I mean there was more but yes um but yeah it just shows that how important you know them people uh, and all of you were t- to us in in our in that story of our band our little shitty band from low stuff it's really important so hardly throw down your army get yourself comfy and listen to a little bit of see through on podcast oh yeah so as we said like the new see through record is finished and it's the first in 16 years wow and Yes, it's a long time, isn't it, really? I mean, we've done them one or two tracks we've put out in that kind of time, but as a record, as a, as a collection of songs, it's, it's yeah, 16 years. Mm. And I think we can announce, I don't know when this will come out, um, but it is called Gaslighter, and it's going to be out in October. And like you said, we sent you a, a link so you could have a listen to it. Um, what did you think of it? Fantastic. Yeah. Yep, I know it's easy for me to say that because we're sitting opposite each other yeah. and the door is closed. But um, no, it's brilliant. It's it's just how it should be. I hadn't really realised this until I listened back to the previous podcast yeah. um, with uh, John and Lim talking about the new record. Um, and there is more space in it. Yeah. And that works really well. Yeah. But it's just a progression of what it was before because you've still got all of the fantastic straight-in-your-face music yeah. and the, the fills. I'm sorry, I'm talking... I, I don't play any instruments. Yeah. I just no, know I what I mean. like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just works perfectly. And as I mentioned before, there's all of the, the lyrical stuff yeah. which just drags you in and the whole thing works together. And... It's great. I love it. Still it's, sounds like a seafood record, right? Definitely sounds like seafood. Because that was important. I think. Yeah, you need to. A lot of bands could, could, you know, after sixteen years, try and be current. Mm. And we haven't not not tried to be current. Like we we haven't made, but we haven't made a conscious play to try and do something. We just tried to do what fitted the songs, and we've got we've got more influences now because sixteen mm-hmm. years in between it. So there's one song called stargazing yeah which has kind of got like a I don't know a grimy trappy feel and actually that song was that that part of the song came from Adam Adam actually mm-hmm. wrote the guitar riff and it's a great riff it is great in it and he did this kind of like hi-hat thing which and the song evolved quite a lot but we left kept the guitar part the same and and this kind of hi-hat bit um which kind of gives it a modern edge but it wasn't ever like a current a, a, a conscious Thing that we were going to do mm. um we just wanted to just make a, a see-through record so in order to do that i have to write some riffs and johnny has to spit on it and then flatty does his bits and then obviously liam then gets proper stuck in mm-hmm. um and there's push and pull i think which makes a see-through record so um especially when we we got to mixing gaslighter you've got johnny always likes vocals really high like a like a like it is in hip hop, mm-hmm. really high vocals. Whereas I like big guitars and pull the vocals down so they sit like a rock song. Mm-hmm. And Paul likes a load of eighties drums. So he likes his drums to sound a certain way. But that push and pull that we all give kind of ends up 
you kind of it's all it's obviously a compromise at some point but i, I was quite proud that it, that it did end up sounding like a, a see-through record definitely i mean yeah. i don't think you should see it as a compromise it's it's clearly identifiable as see-through yeah and the old stuff sits very well next to the, oh, the new stuff yeah and i think to a certain extent it is timeless okay because there are so many elements going through it yeah it's not boring yeah it's on its toes the whole time and it's just this great big amalgamous thing that works so well when i when i go to gigs i know it's going to be a good one when i get that yeah feeling in the stomach yeah. just before the band comes on oh great yeah yeah, yeah. and you know that was what i got listening to some of the, the songs oh, that's earlier so yes keep at it but don't leave it so long next time yeah please we won't um we've we have started the next one like i said excellent so that's good to I sh- hear i'll show you a snippet of it <gasps> after this Hell um, yeah. What see-through song do you think you have the strongest emotional connection to? And that can include anything from the new record. Oh. Uh, when I could still make compilation CDs. Yeah. I've got CD player in the car. I've got a couple of um, see-through tracks yeah. on there, on a couple of my different compilations. Yeah. Um, one of the tracks I have on one of my compilation CDs mm. is um, How Many You Kiss. Yeah. And as a girl yeah. i do feel a bit bad about singing along so who's that girl <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it is very of, it, of a time <laughs> it is it is of its time yeah, yeah. but it's uh <laughs> it's just a, a kind of it's an anthem isn't it i get that and yeah i know that that wasn't really the message behind it that yeah. isn't saying no it's not dissing, yeah. it's not dissing women absolutely at not all. no so in that way that's okay um but yeah a lot of people have said in the band a lot of people have said lyrical force yes i'm not sure why but i mean they all say the guitar that starts it off yeah yeah so it's kind of like yeah and that's kind of one of the first see-through songs but a lot of people have said that if someone asked you what c327 sound like how would you define or describe us hip-hop rap rock okay that was easy um, <laughs> or or uh, rock hop, rock, rock hop. hop, yeah. But hip hop, rap, rock was the first way that I described. You. Okay, I remember that because it's for me. That's what it was. Yeah. At the moment, I think we've been uh, one of the ones that bounces about is rap and roll. Oh yes, that's another good, good yeah. descriptor. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what do you think the future can hold for the band now? In 2021 mm. I'd like to say whatever you want it yeah. to hold there's no reason why you shouldn't carry on making music she says rather selfishly yeah. <laughs> because yes I want to see more of you and I yeah. think because it is sent well in my opinion what you're doing is more or less timeless all right you're getting a bit older yeah You've just written a whole and recorded a whole new seven track EP. There's another one coming. Yeah. Go with the momentum. Do, yeah. As long as you're enjoying it, do it. Yeah. I think there will be people that will want to come out and see you that were following you from right from the beginning. I hope and so. there'll be there'll be new audiences. Yeah. I hope so. Just because there's there's such a, a rich mixture of stuff going on. Yeah providing you can get the message out to the right people but i mean that's the thing isn't it i mean like our, when we did the 2013 shows we did the first show which we didn't expect the turnout that we got mm-hmm. which was amazing and then once we had that in the bag we were like okay we've got this now and then we did the one back show which was great it was e- it felt easy it was it felt natural felt good we did that show and then we did a low stuff sort of festival type mm-hmm. thing which is my favorite ever show and then we did um, the last show we did. We got asked to do uh, the VW White Noise mm-hmm. off the back of those shows. So that's why they ended up being four. You played VW White Noise as part of the Wombat. We Wombat did. Thing. We did. That's right. Yeah. August two thousand and five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we did all the other shows like this film. We did it, you know, film based. 
it was the only show that stood out because we weren't using didn't have a backdrop and we didn't mm -hmm. have the film thing going on and obviously we're out of town somewhat mm -hmm. and we loaded we loaded the cases and everything onto stage in this tent and we we're coming off the buzz of all them other shows and confident and playing well and there's no one in the tent oh. so, so we hadn't started playing but as you know as we were, lo we were like oh you know what we're going to do because <laughs> that, that at that point you know that's the long time since we've done a tent which was completely empty um, which is fine and normal and part of being in a band but kind of weren't expecting it so we get on stage and we started playing doing our thing did our thing like it was full and we I think we opened with Radio N mm-hmm by the end of Radio N, the tent was full. Yeah. Great and, song. Meant to mention that. And at the end of the, sh the show, ended up being an amazing show. But And I think it was Liam who said it in his podcast that the, the, dif the difference was it was like a pressure show. It was like, mm -hmm. it was a show where there wasn't like any novelty factor that we're an old band getting back together. There wasn't a new record. There wasn't anyone there who knew our songs. We're yep. doing, singing songs about... George Bush and Iraq War or whatever it might have been and we were really conscious of that and yet afterwards people are like oh you know how do we find out about your band how do we buy your CD the answer was obviously we, you can't and you won't now yep. um, but that kind of adrenaline type based show rather than a novelty mm -hmm. show uh, was really important at the time because we all came away going that was good actually that kind of oh we won them over yes. we didn't have to do that at the other shows because people were there knew us um you know we look i think we're looking forward to as a band getting this first show out of the way which we're really looking forward to but that kind of novelty based show we'll maybe do another cool show in norwich or something i think that's the plan but kind of looking forward to getting that all out of the way getting stuck in on a new record and then getting that kind of nervousness about almost feeling mm -hmm. like a new band again not relying on the previous and actually pushing as a new band in like you said like in a landscape of, of 2021 2022 which is very different to when it was even eight years ago 2013 yes. um but those new challenges i think as a band we can embrace i think we look forward to embracing that whether however that may be just hope that there's some bands around to to do it with yes exactly yeah i mean one thing that's come up in the podcast multiple times is the demise of the local music mm. scene you know the vanishing venues and what appears to be a lack of original bands certainly compared to to the golden era you know um mm -hmm. 20 years ago um but it'd be interesting to hear your take on that um is it just something you know we're out of touch with or is there something else afoot are kids doing something else now are, the, are there bands and original music going on that we just don't don't know about um you know well probably but yeah. i mean the past 18 months of course has just yeah. mucked everything up yeah but um until i was unfortunately made redundant from norwich arts center yeah um as a result of covid um i was involved in running its Young People's Music Development Programme, which is yeah. called Sonic Youths. So it's for 14 to 19-year-olds making original music of any genre. Yeah, that's so nice. And uh, it was great. I mean, I, I did have to open my ears a bit to some genres of music yeah. that I wouldn't normally listen to. But the amount of amazing young people that are coming through and there have been some really great bands as well as solo artists all kinds of genres coming through yeah. um and uh, norwich is lucky enough to have um access creative college yeah. doing music as well yeah, as yeah. loads of other stuff there's city college norwich which runs a, a music program yeah. um there's no music at the uea anymore and in terms of um they don't run music courses, yeah. but they have a um, music society and there are a lot of people at UEA that are involved in making music. Yeah, yeah. So there is a rich vein of yeah. stuff and it's um, just about being able to tap into it, I think. Yeah. And there are, are some good 
independent promoters that were doing stuff before covid that's good in norwich using different size venues yeah and hopefully that will continue now everything's opening up but yes i mean we have lost some venues and i've never been a massive fan of pub venues no but i used to love going to the swan in ipswich okay that was great um not that i went there that often but that was a a good pub venue um and the portland arms at cambridge yeah okay yeah. yeah get in touch with them yeah get in touch with simon from green mind okay yeah. um but yes i i'm hoping that you know things will get back to what it was before yeah surely uh, that's going to be a thing. it's got to hasn't it yeah. yeah there has to be a resurgence of um, live original music exactly on a massive scale that's got to be the uh the uh, the knock on effect of of all this exactly. I'm hoping yes um, I mean ra- around here in Lowestoft it's very it is all pub venues mm-hmm. now so it's cover bands um, which is fine and that's a thing but it, you know it's a it's a guarantee they know what they're getting and mm. even when we did the 2013 shows we went and pitched a show to do the first Lady of the Lake show mm-hmm. and the landlady there who was great. But she said, well, you'll have to come down on a jam night on a Tuesday. And we're like, that's not going to be jam happening. Jam night? That's <laughs> hey. not going to be happening. Um, we need, we just want a Saturday night. And they're like, yeah, but, but we talked around. Well, Paul talked around in the end. I can so, imagine. Yes. Um, you don't, you don't argue with Paul. He'll literally, yeah, he can sell whatever. Um, for us and anyone who knows you, I think they'd say that you're kind of synonymous with the Norwich DIY music scene. But what? What still drives you? What you know? What's where does that passion still come from for it? Just because I like new music, yeah. I want to hear new stuff that excites me, that I can relate to, that makes makes me feel alive. Yeah, I don't want to be sitting there listening to some stuff from the. 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. 2000s. Yeah, I do, sometimes. Yeah. But it's all about... It's about sort of continuous development and sharing the journey yeah. and, you know, seeing bands develop. And it's... With One Back, One Back, it was always great to give a band their first Norwich gig yeah. or whatever. And then hopefully help build them up and that's really what I think it it still is about and I am I am desperate to get back to independent promoting yeah and I want to do it at the right point not quite sure when that's going to be um but it's just this hunger for new sound and something that's exciting and a bit different yeah um that's great bring it on yeah amazing Give us a shout. We'll do. Um, was there ever a wombat show that never was an amazing band that something that fell through or it should have happened but never happened? Yeah. Well, there there were several. Oh, go on then. <laughs> well, when I I first discovered Yeah Yeah Yes, okay, they were, and then they came over to the UK. I think it was their first UK tour and. Their agent was somebody that I'd been dealing with for other stuff. Yeah. And I said, would they like to come play Norwich Arts Centre? No. But of course, because they'd had all their flights booked and everything, right. and Norwich yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't on that, that you know, first yeah. UK tour. Yeah, on the agenda. Agenda, thank you, that's yeah. the word. Because of where we are. Yeah. And, well, no, but it's never been, is it? Norwich is always like third tour for yeah. national bands, really. Um, so... That didn't happen. Um, I had the organ penciled in. Um, they were uh, a band from America. Um, uh, check them out. Um, really, well, yeah, there were obviously other things that I would have liked to have put on. Yeah. Like war paint. Um, 
but that didn't happen. The art centre tried to get them as well, and that didn't right. happen. Who I would really like to put on now, um, among some of my old favourites, Blood Red Shoes, The Joy yeah. Formidable. Um, they went on to some great things, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They still are. Yeah, they'll, amazing. They'll be back soon, which yeah. is good. I really love Dilly Dally okay. from Canada, and I've seen them three times three times they've come over to the UK yeah if you don't know them Trig no, check them out you might like them Dilly Dally Dilly Dally okay yes definitely will yeah but yeah and there's there's lots of bands at the moment that I'm, I've got a list I've made a list of targets yeah. for when I get back but That's it's nice. how long can I wait because obviously I'm going to want to put them on first yeah. in Norwich yeah Am I going to be able to do that? I don't know. So I've got as much hard work to do as you have. Yeah. Getting out there and yeah, re-establishing myself. Yeah. I'm glad you're so, doing that, though. Well, this is the plan. Lots of people will be glad you're doing that. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes down. There's there's a bit more, a bit more shaking down to do first, I think. Yeah. But I do miss it. I, and I really miss working with the young people that are coming through. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Because it's there. There was a time, kind of, sort of just before we started one back one back. So sort of late nineties when there was, it seemed like the whole local scene had gone really quiet, and there was nothing really very exciting happening. And I don't know why it suddenly burst into life again right but it did and yeah. at the moment it seems to be good in terms or excluding the last 18 months it's that thing again there are lots of people making music yeah. and there are people that are in multiple bands yeah which is always a bit weird how do you decide which one to go with yeah <laughs> i don't know but there are good people out there making good music, so that's good to hear. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's a positive night to end on, I think, Annie. Absolutely. It's been um, it's great chatting to you, and always thank you, Trig. We'll see you at the show, right? Hell yeah. Yeah, ace, and uh, hopefully some kind of Norwich show next year, right? Fingers crossed. Ace. Yep. Good luck with it all. Looking Thanks, forward Annie. to hearing it actually on a. You know, being able to hear it. Yeah. And seeing it. Yeah, it's going to be good. See you there. Thanks, Annie. Cheers. We're out.